Welcome to Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. If you're looking for something more, something different, something better, this is your opportunity. Over the next hour, we'll talk about inspiration for personal and professional success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. Well, hello there, and a big shout out to my international audience and local fans. I'm here today on the show with my guest co-host and executive producer, Mr. Hammond Bolden. Mr. Bolden also serves, many of you might not know, but as a coach and mentor to many men and women today. So I'm excited to have him on the show because we have the dynamic and inspiring Mr. Juan Montez, a successful e-commerce business entrepreneur and author who produced over $72 million net revenue in 2017. So Juan is going to share his story of how he learned his basic entrepreneurial skills, as he states, as a hustler at age five, earned himself an athletic scholarship at one of the most prestigious universities as a defensive tackle and acquired a world record for powerlifting in the United States, America, powerlifting. You will hear how his dreams came crashing down in 2016 when he found himself homeless. So I want you listeners to stay tuned to hear Juan Montez's transformational journey and how he became a successful entrepreneur by assembling a team that he taught and what he calls Alpha Millennials. So you must share with your friends and colleagues that if they miss the show, they can download it later for their listening pressure. Also, I have an app that can be downloaded through the Apple Store or Google, and you can listen to all of my previous radio shows and Mr. Montez today, or you can view my television shows on the Voice America platforms. Just click in the name, Dr. Barbara Young. Now, if you're listening live and you have questions of me, my co-host, Mr. Bolden, or Juan, do call in the show. The call-in number is 1-888-346-9151. Again, that's 1-888-346-9151. We'll be pleased to take your call because we welcome and value your questions and input. Now, let me introduce my guest for today's show, Mr. Juan Montez. Welcome, Juan. Hi, pleasure to be here. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. And, you know, this is one of our third shows, and still we're launching the 2018 year. And, boy, we're really starting it off with a person like you. But first, uh, I want to share just a little bit more about your background uh, and, you know, where it all began. And while you've accomplished so much, Juan, tell us a little bit about where this all began for you. Absolutely, absolutely. Um so I was born and raised in Santa Ana, California, down in uh-huh. Orange County, and um, I was I grew up in Section Eight housing um, for a little bit, and uh-huh. my family moved out, right? Quote unquote, we upgraded our living conditions, and we moved to Section Eight ho- from Section Eight housing to a little bit better, but it wasn't, you know, absolutely great, and it was still very dangerous, um, you know, just surrounded with with gang violence all around. Oh, wow. Um, and Yeah. So I think the way that I grew up surrounded in mm-hmm. gang cult- culture and being first generation um, Mexican-American was really, really impacted me. Um, you know, coming, seeing my parents work their butt off, 
um, so yeah. they could give me everything, everything they didn't have. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and, you know, that really pushed me. And whatever I did, I knew I had to give my best because um, my parents were really, weren't really there to raise me. It was just me and my grandma and me raising my two younger brothers. Oh, wow. Um, wow. Yeah. So that must have been really interesting. Uh, and, and, you know, you stated, uh, Hammond, are you there? Oh, loud, clear, clear. Are you there? Uh, yes, yes. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. We won, we won. Okay, you sound a little distorted, so I want to make sure. Yep. That you... Can you hear me okay, loud, okay, clear? clear. No, you sound a little distorted. But what I'm going to do, while the technician maybe take a take a check on that, uh, one one of the things that you stated uh, that you began learning some of your most basic entrepreneurial skills when you were five by drug dealers. So share a little bit about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh so while I was moving, um, you know, being in that gang environment and just seeing violence, you know, and <laughs> I mean, I was always quiet. You know, my grandma was extremely strict with me and she was well aware of the conditions and where we were living at. And I remember peeking out the window as a little kid, picking out the blinds and um, I, we would see drive-bys and, you know, people getting killed or stabbed. And I would look back at her like traumatized and scared. And she said, do you want to live? I said, yeah. She said, then mind your own damn business. Uh, so she was extremely strict and you know it's like whatever you tell a kid not to do they're gonna do the exact opposite so that's what i that's what i did um i went outside you know i mean she didn't have that much control over me um because my parents were always working and she was raising me by herself and you know Mm -hmm. she had to cook and clean and Although I did help her with that when I was in, when I would come come back home from school, she couldn't control um, what I was exposed to while I was yeah. at school, coming home from school, or going to school, and um, that's why I really picked up my entrepreneurial skills. I mean, I had friends from all over. You know, the house right in front of me, you had um, Polynesian, Samoans, and Hawaiians. To my left and to my right, you had Mexicans, um, mm-hmm. and then one block mm-hmm. over you have African-Americans and then you look at me and they're like, they would look at me like, what are you? And we were really the only multicultural family on the block. And I hung out with everybody. Um, <laughs> and everybody, you know, I was just very quiet. I did exactly, not, not exactly what my grandma said, but in a sense, <laughs> I just was minding my own damn business, looking at how everybody was doing business. Um, cause although it wasn't legal business, it was still business. And I saw how people, um, these drug dealers, um, had so much power, you know, mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. they were getting, they were protecting, but they were also destroying the community. Um, wow. wow. Yeah. I mean, I saw it all. Um, and the only reason why I picked it up was cause I wasn't not going to say no, you know, it was like a, mm-hmm. I really didn't have an option, you know, if I would have mm-hmm. told them no, then they would have hurt me. Right. Um, right. Or I had, they told me before, like, if you don't do what we tell you to do, we're going to kill you. Ooh. And then they would say, but first we're, we're going to kill your family. And oh, um, wow. so they really didn't give me an option on picking up the skills. And I learned very quick. I, I did as, uh, as I was told, <laughs> 
you know, in a sense, but um, I well, let me let me let me ask you this, Juan, um, because in your you did mention in your bio that you know that you learned to survive in the streets. So evidently, I guess that's what that means. I mean, you had to uh, basically follow what they asked you to do, uh, no matter you know how you felt. You know, you disagree with it, but you just had to go through that. I know that was kind of tough, wasn't it? Absolutely, you know. Um, but yeah, absolutely right. It was even though I disagreed strongly. You know, I take ownership of everything that I did. You know, I told I tell everybody I never joined a gang. I never, you know, I never sold drugs. I never did none. Of, you know, I did do drugs as a kid. You know, that was my influence. You know, I was just looking at my surroundings and like, oh, that's how I'm supposed to act. That's how I'm supposed to talk. You know, and I had to adjust and pivot. Um, whether I was talking with the Samoans or the Hawaiians, right, or the African American gang, right, or the Mexican gangs. I had to talk a certain way. I had to dress a certain way, you know, right, I had right. to adjust to survive. And I mean, that was one of the biggest, toughest parts. Cause then growing up, I'm trying to find out who I really am and you know, what's my, what's my true calling and what I really want to do in life. Right. Well, tell us how, um, how you paralyze all this. I mean, you were able to parlay all of the street experience to earn yourself an athletic scholarship, you know, as a defensive tackle to one of the most prestigious universities, uh, namely USC. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, man, that, that, that was fun. Um, fun and sad. Um, <laughs> when I met Dr. Bra Barbara Young, you know, <laughs> I, I always, you know, it, it was fun. You know, I, I like standing out. Um, I was the only man, the only guy at a woman's event, <laughs> you know, so I like standing that out. Sounds like someone I know. I did, <laughs> yeah. And all I did was, um, to gain that scholarship is I wanted, I knew that I had to stand out because I had such a big chip on my shoulder because of my upbringing right. at my, at my high school, my coaches hated me. They hated me because I was that player that thought they were too good. I was the best player. I was the most highly recruited player, the fastest recruited player in Orange County at the time. Um, but I had the biggest chip on my shoulder. And my coaches, just to prove a point, they would take me out games. And they said, we would rather lose a game instead of playing you. Because, you know, I was just Ooh. cursing them out, disrespectful. Um, oh, wow. But my journey started to earning that, um, that athletic scholarship started when I was around six years old, you know, with my friends. Um, mm -hmm. and I have, I have two of my friends names tattooed on the inside of my finger, um, Trey and, and Nick and Nick, he was my best friend growing up. And when we were 10 years old, um, he died in my arms in a drive-by and Aww. my friend Nick, when we were my junior year of high school, um, he was my workout partner and my junior year of high school, he died from colon cancer within two weeks, oh, you wow. know? And like I said, I, I learned everything just by observing. And I observed that my parents weren't there for me because they were always working, getting up at three, 4 AM, mm -hmm. uh, 5 AM. So to stand out, that's exactly what I did, you know, getting that scholarship, knowing that I wasn't going to have enough film because mm -hmm. my coaches. Uh, you know, my coaches straight up told me to my face, we hate you, 
we are not, we are going to do everything possible for you not to get exposed to the universities. And I was like, wow. 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 So I, I took it into my own hands and I was like, you know what? If I don't need them, you know, I was super macho and I did it on my own. I started going to a bunch of camps and I, I stood out, you know, ever right, since right. I was a kid looking at my parents, I worked that hard. I thought that's what you were supposed to do. I thought you were supposed to get up at 3 a.m., you know, strap your boots and go to work. And, and I did, you know, ever since I was a kid and I, I had to put on size because of bullying, you know, I'm 6'5", 270. When I was recruited at USC, I was 6'3", 300 pounds um, with abs, you know. There's not that right, many 300 right. pounders with abs. Um, yeah, but I just, right, right. I was, I was just standing, you know, I want to be that standout guy. And I went to a bunch of camps because they knew, I, I knew I wasn't going to have film and my coaches were going to do everything possible to not expose me. So I took it into my own hands and I went to camp, to football camps, and I stood out. I worked the hardest, you know, showing up to these camps. I was the first one there and the last one to leave. And I would always have a chip on my shoulder because I, I felt like I had something to prove. I felt, you know, my two friends that I have tattooed on the inside of my finger, we promised each other that we weren't going to fall victim to that. We weren't going to be another statistic, you know, and we were going to make it out the hood, you know, the ghetto. And we thought this was the only way possible. You know, we, we were all freak athletes, you know, um, I, excel, I also qualified to go into the junior Olympics, my senior year of high school for shot, put in discus, but I, I, that was right after I lost my athletic scholarship to USC, you know, and that was, that was very, um, that hurt me a lot. And it right. put me in a dark place, you know, because oh. it took me. Juan, we're going to, Juan, I'm yeah. going to stop you right there because we've got to take a quick break, but we're going to come back and talk about how you got that athletic scholarship and then achieved a world record for powerlifting. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. So, listeners, stay tuned with my guest today, Mr. Juan Montez. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Can you think of anybody who does not want a better life and to be a better person? Think about that for a second. Almost everyone wants to be better, but how does one go about doing that? One thing that is making people better every week is tuning into the Self-Improvement Show with Dr. Irene Conlon. All real change comes from within, but many of us don't know where to find the information or guidance we need to make the changes that bring about the improvement. Most of us don't know how to work within. Listen Thursdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Have you left the cage that held you back but find yourself in the wild of your life wondering, what do I do now? I'm Dr. Lisa Cooney, and today I'm going to give you the tools to answer that question. Regardless of the issue, your choices of the past no longer need to haunt you. You have the power to change that and to create from a space of fun and ease. How different can your life be? Find out. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, welcome back, listeners, to my show this afternoon with my guest, Mr. Juan Montez. Juan is an e-commerce business entrepreneur and author, started up his e-commerce business, began assembling a team of fellow startup young men that he called the Alpha Millennials. So we are listening to his transformational journey. And thank you, Juan, again, for being on the show. This is such a delightful experience. When we went on break, we were talking about really how you parlayed all your street experience to earn yourself an athletic scholarship as a defensive tackle at a very prestigious university, namely USC. And also during this time, you achieved a world record for powerlifting in the USA Powerlifting Championships. So how did you do all of this and turn from that angry young man we heard (laughs) and what inspired you? Um, what inspired me was seeing the death and losing, a, a, you know, a lot of friends. Um, you know, when I gained my athletic scholarship to USC, uh, you know, that was my childhood dream. That was what I was talking about with my friends, that this is how we were going to make it out. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what was going to make us super rich. You know, my, our parents won't, have, won't be able to, don't have to work again. We're going to retire them. And I thought that was the only way. I never looked at myself as a businessman, although I was working for, you know, drug dealers and, you know, and Mm -hmm. I was pretty much in business, just not legally, right? Um, But what inspired me was looking at my life when I lost everything, you know. I lost my athletic scholarship um, by breaking my L4 and L5 vertebrae Um, within two days. I was lifting in the gym and it, my core just collapsed and my two vertebrae broke. And within two days, um, I got a call from USC and I had barely signed my athletic scholarship at a two day camp that I went to, um, at USC. And I was so excited and it just crushed me. I immediately, I immediately started crying. Um, and I was just like, wow, all these years of work just gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, preparation. Wow. Yeah. So what happened after I that was, when you... Um, when, after when you, that, you had to go into uh, rehab, or were you still able to be accepted at USC, or did that just... Everything just... Everything collapsed. Everything collapsed, you know? Oh. I was in a brace. Yeah, I was in a big old pra- pra- um, plastic brace. I couldn't move at all. I had to wear that brace for 22 hours out of the day. Oh, um, wow. It was, you know, I couldn't move forward. I couldn't bend over and I could have bend, bend backwards. I was like a mannequin <laughs> and it sucked. Um, but although, although I was like that, I didn't get surgery. Um, I refused surgery. Um, and I only had, I had over 23 um, division one scholarships um, and I lost all but two, Fresno State and Montana State. 
but I did not want to go there. You know, growing up where I grew up, everybody was like, yep, USC. You know, that's, that's mm-hmm. where you got to go. You right. know, that's where all the greats went to. That's where you got the Clay Matthews and the Troy Palomalus and, you know, all these famous Hall of Famers and these camps that I was going to. Most of these Marcus players Allen. went to USC. Yeah, Marcus Allen, you know, <laughs> Reggie Bush. You had yeah. all those greats go there. So, you know, and they're like, that's where you got to go. And it put me in a very dark place. Um, all the, those years of work, you know, it was torture. And I was like, wow, what else? Now what? Um, so what brought you, what brought you, Juan, what brought you to the realization that um, you're, you're going to change and, and charge full steam ahead towards your dream? What brought you to that realization? Um, for sports or business? For the, for the business, because here you are, your dreams are crushed. You're, you're, yeah. you're kind of, you know, knocked out of the football or wrestling career or powerlifting career, I should say. So now, and I understand, as you had shared with me, that your father, because you quit USC, put you out of the house, took your truck away, and there you were, no place to go. So what happened? Yeah. Yeah. Um, soon after I lost my scholarships, um, I was still working hard. I was like, you know what? I don't want to go to these schools. I don't want to go to Fresno, and I don't want to go to Montana. So I'm going to take the junior college route and try and get my scholarships back and, you know, rub it in USC's face and be like, see, I told you I can get it back. I told you you should have bet on me. Um, so I did that. I went to Santa Ana College, um, and I, I, w- I went through camp and everything. And then the day before game day, they're like, you're not cleared. You can't play. I said, What? They're like, yeah, we just saw your medical record. You can't play. I said, what? And I immediately called my doctor, and he's like, yeah, dude, uh, I didn't clear you. I was like, what? I thought you said I was cleared. And he said, listen, you got to think about this carefully. He said, um, if you get hit hard enough in your lower back, you could end up paralyzed. And he says, you have to make a decision right now whether this is worth it do you really want to play football for the rest of your life and have that risk of injury because you didn't get surgery? And, you know, that really made me realize, okay, this isn't the route. So went into powerlifting and, uh, you know, I just did my best, did my best, worked my butt off. And then, uh, you know, I was trying to find my way and trying to find who I was um, after that because I had lost my passion for football, being super angry, I just transfer the anger into lifting really heavy weights. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but then after mm-hmm. that, I still didn't know who I was, you know? And I remember yeah. growing up, what I did for, for these drug dealers, I would hold their drugs while cops were raiding their homes, you know, because they never expected a kid to be doing it. And me and my brother, um, we were really into sneakers. And my brother, as a, as a kid, we would steal kids toys and sell it right back to them (laughs) oh wow so so we learned how to really we were we were flipping stuff you know and then my brother was dumpster diving ever since he was a kid and he he would tell me dude you have no idea what what rich people throw away you know he'd be going to the ritz carlton to the montage and just getting stuff out of the dumpster and we would go to thrift stores as, as well and resell stuff and my and I took the same, my same beliefs that I applied to, to sports, to school, 
um, to powerlifting. And I was like, you know what? I think I can do this in business. I, I, I really think so. And I just, I just always wanted to be great. I always wanted to be the best. I always wanted, uh-huh. you know, to leave a legacy for my family, you know, being right. first generation, being a college dropout too. You know, I dropped out of college yeah. after I found myself and I was like, you know what? This is working. But before that, my dad had kicked me out the house and he's like, nope, you can't come back. You can't drop out of school. Um, Cause he found mm-hmm. out and I, I was homeless for about three months, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he took away everything, you know? Um, I had assets, you know, I had a bunch of expensive collectible sneakers and, and clothing, and I sold all of it just to at least keep my phone, you know, mm-hmm. at least have some communication. And I sold it mm-hmm. all like I did growing up. And ha- I was like, here you go. Here's the money. Leave me alone. And it, I mean, I was, at, I, w- I was in a park in Aliso Viejo sleeping in a slide for around three, four days. And that's when I came to the realization, like, wow, mm-hmm. like I haven't eaten. All I had was a backpack because mm-hmm. he even took away my truck. I was like, wow, I haven't seen my, and I haven't seen my brothers, haven't seen my mom, haven't seen my grandma. And this is all because of me. This is all right. on me. You know, sleeping in a slide, dirty, haven't showered, haven't eaten, eaten thirsty. And I just looked at the stars and I'm like, you know what? This is it. This is it. I'm like, who am I to be sleeping in a damn slide? I was right. like, I, I've, I've done great things before. I can do it again. And uh, that was the inspiration. You know, I just didn't want to be a nobody. Because at that moment, well, I was like, wow, nobody cares if I die right now. Nobody would care. I mean, obviously, my parents would care. But like, I would have left the earth not leaving a legacy. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things, Juan, I want to know, and I'm sure inquiring minds want to know, how did you go from being homeless to nine figures in little over a year? How did you grow your businesses so fast? And what business did you grow in? <clears throat> so I basically, um, after that night, I was like, no more. Mm-hmm. I called up my brother and I was like, hey, dude, our parents, our parents home? He's like, no, they're not home. Um, I was like, okay, um, well, can you at least order me an Uber or something? Or can I, can you meet me over here? And, you know, I went back home. Um, my parent, my dad, he's like, you know what? Sorry. Sorry. I did that to you. Um, I hope you didn't go through anything bad. And I saw that he didn't mean it. Um, he was just, he just got convinced by my brothers and by my mom because they were the ones that were extremely worried. And my brother um, I told, we were just talking about the old days. We are like, dude, remember when we were little kids and we would steal kids, like we would steal a kid's bike and sell it to them for like 25 bucks just so we can have 25 bucks. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, and I was like, he asked me, how did you survive? You know, how did you at least have some money to pay your phone bills and then buy your truck back from, from our, from my dad, right. From our dad. And I told him I just sold my shoes. I had shoes that are that were worth three thousand dollars, two thousand dollars, six hundred, eight hundred, um, to get to pay everything. And I mm-hmm. sold everything, and I, I lived very humbly. You know, 
my, hmm. me and my brother were talking about that and we're like, you know what? Let's go into, let's, let's flip stuff. Let's flip stuff again. We started going to thrift stores, dumpster diving again, and we just resold on eBay. And one day, one of my friends, he called me up and he said, hey, why don't you come over? I said, okay, cool. Went over, went over to his house and I'm like, what are you doing? They were, he had a couple people in his house, you know, everybody on their laptops. And they're like, oh, we're drop shipping. I was like, what's that? They're like, we're basically well-paid middlemen. We, we have e-commerce sites. And he says, basically what you do. I was like, but I do commerce. He says, yeah, just add the E on it in the beginning. It's kind of mm-hmm. like email. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, mm-hmm. really? You're trying to make me look and feel like an idiot, man. You're, you're succeeding. Um, but that's how it really started. We're like, wow, because we were, we, me and my brother, we were making like 20 grand a month. Um, my first month after I wasn't homeless again from flipping stuff, you know, going to the thrift stores and places like that. We knew what stuff were, was, um, worth, um, as kids, I had a really big comic book collection and, you know, trading cards. So I knew what they were worth and we would go to stores, buy them super cheap, flip them. And we, once my friend showed me e-commerce and, you know, e-commerce stores and all that, we, me and my brother are like, do you want to do this? And he's like, yep. He explained to me, he's like, yep, you just set up an agreement, you know, with, um, with a manufacturer and you push their item through social media, through social media, you know, Facebook, Google AdWords. And that's what we did. You know, we never got on our hands on products. We were just well-paid, we're well-paid middlemen. (laughs) That's what I call it. (laughs) So let me ask you, Rob, what, what would be something suggestive to the listening audience today who could be, you know, young entrepreneurs um, that are looking, you know, to possibly grow their business. I'm pretty sure most entrepreneurs are wanting to grow. Uh, using your strategies, what kind of uh, strategies, a couple of them, would you share with them that uh, work for you? Um, I keep everything very simple and very basic. Um, uh-huh. I did it just like I gained my scholarships, you know, and just anything I did, I sent my powerlifting records. Um I, I, when I was homeless, I, I thought of life very at a macro. I was like, wow, if I died, nobody would care. No, nobody would notice. Like nobody from Europe would notice that I died or nobody on the other side of the, you know, and nobody on the East coast is going to know that I died. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to think of life very binary. It's either yes mm-hmm. or no. It's either you mm-hmm. lied or you didn't. It's either if you went, it's either you win or lose. It's black and white. There's no if, ands or buts. Um, and that's how I gained my scholarships. You know what? There, there's no if, and, or but. I am going to get a scholarship. I am going to set a powerlifting record. And I, I said the same thing. I am going to be successful. Mm-hmm. I don't care how right. long it takes. I will live super humbly because as a kid, I had that lifestyle, the loud lifestyle, you know? The drugs, mm-hmm. the girls, the money. And I was like, I don't need it now. You know, I'm, I'm 19, 20, dropped out of college. I'm 21 now. Um, me and my team, we did, um, as of January, we did 121 million net. What? Nice. How yep, did you build your team? We grew that much since last time. How did you build your team? Um, me and my brother, um, we were like, dude, because we, we would go to events and it was just us by ourselves. And my friend invited me over one time and I was like, Hey, can I hang out with you more? And he was like, yeah, sure. Just come over to the house and 
we'll hang out and we all got our laptops and, you know, we were calling people, setting agreements. You know, my brother was the one in high school and I'm just, you know, going to the streets and he had his, eye, he had his ear on the street like, hey, what's the new biggest, coolest thing? Right. Like one of the mm-hmm. one of the things that made me hundreds of thousands of dollars was fidget spinners. Right. What? Every fidget little kid wanted a fidget spinner. OK. <laughs> fidget center. We, yeah. We were selling those eight months before everybody started selling those. And we were just, you know, we were we were buying these from our agreement was they were all in China and Australia we were selling them on our on our e-commerce sites for twenty bucks a pop, twenty five bucks a pop, and but we were buying them um, for two dollars and thirty eight cents. They would love we you on making, Shark Tank. We had huge margins, huge margins. Yes. And my brother would take a backpack full of them to to his school and be like, "Whoa, that's crazy!" And we just sold them all, and you know, we pushed it to whatever we we develop our our own algorithm. To know, mm-hmm. um, to know where to sell, what time to put Facebook ads, what time to put Google Word, um, Google AdWords, you know, mm-hmm. what time to mm-hmm. put an Instagram ad, and that's how we did it. You know, we stayed up super long and late, day and night, right. just like I did when I was training. You know, mm-hmm. for any for for my scholarship or for my you know my record, we just went nonstop and. My brother was like, man, we need an assistant or something. You know, we can't be doing this. And I was like, yeah, we can. We were staying up two days, three days at a time, you know, pounding energy drinks, um, chewing gum, coffee. And <laughs> that's what we did. A couple of my, I remembered a couple of my friends growing up that, you know, they did business with me. I'm like, hey, you guys want to do some business? They're like, what do you do? I'm like, this is what I'm doing now. And they're like, well, that's crazy. I'm like, you want to, you want to join me? And, um, my team formed organically. I mean, anywhere we went, everybody wanted to know. We, we like standing out. So we'll wear like, right. Well, I'll, I'll be the only man at a woman's event. Right. Or my brother. Yeah. Would be I like, noticed. Well, yeah. <laughs> what you know, you, and then you I would stand man. out by myself since I'm six, five, you know? <laughs> um, and my brother, what he would do is, you know, Oh, 16 year old wearing a Rolex, right. At a chamber of commerce. Or why are these kids, you know, dressed in flip-flops and, and you know, shorts at a suit and tie event? Um, so we like we liked standing out and everybody wanted to know who we were and what we did. And even mm-hmm. till this day, you know, anywhere I go, people are like, what do you do? Because they're trying to pitch me. And then they soon realize, like, okay, I can't pitch this guy. This guy has everything he, he, he can have, anything in life, you know? He made it. He did it. I, what can I offer him um, that he doesn't already have or could buy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, that's what I did. You know, I worked my butt off. I, I had to stay up and look at ads from different countries, from different places, on different social media platforms. And mm-hmm. we saw algorithms and we created our own algorithm and software to distribute our content and our ads. And just you network my butt off. Well, you know, I, I, I want to applaud you because I think what you've demonstrated is what a story of resilience, perseverance, and fortitude, and that you can accomplish anything you want, but it's going to be hard work. And I think that's the secret uh, for many successful individuals. It's not 
something overnight. It is hard work. That And I want to applaud you for that. And when we come back after break, I want you to share, because I think one of the things that I want the, the listeners to know is that you give half of your income to those on the street who are in need of food and shelter and generators. So I want to talk a little bit about your giving and what your meaning of success is. So listeners, I want you to stay tuned when we're going to come back and talk to Juan a little bit about that, because I think all that he's done surely shows and speaks to his success and generosity. And also, he's going to talk a little bit about his first new book and what that book is about. So listeners, I want you to stay tuned because we're going to be right back with Mr. Juan Montez. Thank you for listening. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. How are you doing in your life? Do you control your life, or does it control you? In our hectic, overconnected world, do you spend too much time feeling tired and wired? Tune in to Master Your Life with hosts Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin for inspiration, insight, and intelligence on how to gain control of yourself and your life. Along with some inspirational and knowledgeable guests, Leah and Howard will give you the tools needed to help you on your journey. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, hello there, and welcome back with my co-host today, Mr. Hammond Bolden, and we're interviewing Mr. Juan Montez, who's an e-commerce business entrepreneur and author. So, Juan, I am so delighted again to have you on the show today, and what you have shared or the possibilities that anyone can achieve through a dream, a dream, a team, and hard work. So it's been a fascinating story. One of the things I, I was intrigued too to know: by any chance, did you have male mentors in your life? Yes, yes, I had. Um, I had a lot of mentors, um, and I still do. And I'm a, I'm, you know, I'm a mentor to many. Um, and I believe that you really need a mentor. Um, what, and whatever it is, or else you're just going to take a really long time. You know, you're going to be messing up and you're going to be tripping over your feet and you're not going to know what you're doing. So, you know, I was lucky enough and blessed enough to have some of the biggest entrepreneurs in the world as mentors. You know, mm-hmm. one of the people that I do business with is Mark Zuckerberg, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and it was just by chance, um, Growing up, the people that I knew, um, I just like meeting everybody and talking to everyone because you never know who they're going to be. You never right. know what they're going to do. You know? Right. Now, right. did they seek you out or did you seek them out? My mentors? 
Uh-huh. Um, they, they seeked me out. Uh, <laughs> and they, they were seeking me out because they were, they were like, who is this kid? That, who, who is this Juan Montes? Right? Who, who is this guy? We hear, we hear people talking about him. He's doing this. He's doing that. Um, who is he? Who, why is this guy, you know, why is this guy fi- um, falling under investigation by the IRS? Because he's making, you know, too much money too fast, right? Yeah. At, at such a young yeah. age, you know. Mm-hmm. Now I actually have an internal guy, and I have an internal guy at the IRS. And whenever we're going to make a lot of money, um, I just let him know. Or whenever we're going to make big transactions, because mm-hmm. um, when I first met him and called him, he thought I was running guns. <laughs> he thought I was selling guns <laughs> to the Middle East, and that's how I was making so much money. <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing, but. <laughs> It's okay. It's either so guns hard. or drugs. You're either well, selling guns or drugs, right? <laughs> well, you know, uh, while I wanted to share, you know, that I, I'm aware that, you know, you now are, you know, a sought-after speaker, uh, uh, well after, and, and, of course, good reason why, to help other business leaders prosper. So why don't you share with the listeners, you know, one or two of your topics that you tend to talk about? You know, hard work. Hard work. <laughs> and business scalability. You know, I believe anybody can scale a business and it can be really big, um, mm-hmm. but it just, it, it's going to require grit, you know, it's going to require hard work, you know, mm-hmm. perseverance, bumps and roads, like these, these roads are going to have so many bumps. I mean, just last month I had a $11 million lawsuit that I had to pay um, just because mm-hmm. I paid myself too much in one of the agreements because my attorney um, messed up and misread something. And instead of getting my, instead of paying myself 11% of whatever I sold of the product, um, I paid myself 51%. And that was because of the slip up of my, you know, and that little mistake, um, cost me $11 million. Right. And I mean, I handled it as best that I could, you know, I'm lucky and blessed that I don't, have that loud, you know, I don't have the penthouse, I don't have the, the exotic cars, because I, you know, at the end of the day, I'm like, I don't need it, and that's something that I learned from my mentors, um, and that's something that I speak about, you know, if you got the hard work, let your let, let the hard work speak for itself, you don't need the cars, you don't need the house, you don't need, like, you just don't need it, you know, be simple, mm-hmm. make business simple, and, y- and you can scale it, it's just going to be really hard, and you know, it's good. You got to be patient too. Mm-hmm. Man, am I impatient? <laughs> I tell people <laughs> I'm the most impatient person I know. Yet I'm the most patient. Um, but you had to learn it. Because I, I learned it. Yeah, and I saw I saw some dark days. You know, I went through some dark days, and uh, I just kept in my head. You know, what my grandma would tell me, what my friends, and who I, I kept on reminding myself who I'm doing it for and who I continue to do it for. You know, I don't work for yeah. law from a place of hate anymore and anger, you know, I work from a space of love, you know, and giving mm-hmm. back, you know, right. um, well, being a mentor. You mentioned just, that, just you know, giving back. And um, uh, Dr. Young had mentioned that you give half your income to those on the streets that are in need of food and shelter and generators. Is, I, I guess this is because of your past experience uh, that you had to go through and you just wanted to give back, right? Absolutely. I mean, 
when I was homeless, I mean, it was hard. It Mm -hmm. was like so hard. I was like, man, what the hell am I going to eat? You know? And because of my ego, I was like, I am not going to go digging through the trash. Um, I was cold. Um, I didn't have anywhere to charge my phone. And, you know, I mean, it was hard. And then also growing up, although what I did growing up was illegal working for these drug dealers. I mean, that's just, um, that's what they did. You know, although they did Mm -hmm. a lot of bad, they did a lot of good too. I mean, I'm not going (laughs) to praise them for what they did because, because of what they did and what they sold. And, you know, a lot of people passed away. But what I saw growing up was if a family on my street, um, if the kids did not have any any school supplies, they would talk to the mom and be like, here's a hundred bucks. You know, go buy, go buy your kids some school clothes and, you know, buy some yeah. food. Or if somebody was, if, if there was a family on my street that there's one of those, um, a family right across from me, they had six kids one of the youngest boys died from starvation because they were so poor and everybody yeah. forgot about him. I was like, Whoa, that is crazy. You know? You know and when I, and then I really remember sh- when I was homeless, I was like, damn, I don't wish this upon my worst enemy. You know, I don't want right. them to hit rock bottom because it's mm-hmm. just, you feel trapped in by yourself and, and it, and it's dark. And that, that is why I give back, mm-hmm. um, you know, to people on the street um, right. take care of my parents now. They still work, you know, they're workaholics, right. yet they don't have to work. They still work. Um, they're, they're just workaholics and I take care of them and, you know, I take care of my son. Um, I got a baby mm-hmm. on the way, you know, and I continue to give back because I feel like it's good karma. It's good energy, you know, but I give without expecting anything in return. I just give right. to give because, I remember growing up, seeing these drug dealers, I'm like, wow, these guys are like supplying the whole neighborhood with, with school supplies, right? If your mom can't afford the nice shoes, these guys are buying you the, that nice pair of shoes that you wanted, you know? Mm-hmm. If you didn't eat, they made sure you ate. They took care of you, right? If, right. You're, if, you're, if you were past due on your light bill and you, got, you, you don't got any electricity, they gave you the money to go pay the light bill. And everybody, although it was violent, everybody took care of each other at the same time. And now that I'm working from a, from a space of, of love and I'm like, you know what? Money is just, you know, money. I think of money as energy. If you're a bad mm-hmm. person with a lot of money, you're just going to do a lot of bad stuff. Where right. if you're a good person with a lot of money, you're going to do a lot of good. And Hello? that's what I try to do. We have a you know, caller guys with a question. Okay, our caller, shall we have her come in? Hello? Hello, can you hear me? Yes. Yes, Uh, May I say who's calling? And your question is for Mr. Bolden, uh, Juan, or Dr. Juan, it's for Juan. I just have a quick question. This is in... Yes, this is an incredible story. Thank you so much. Um, it's, there's a saying, if you teach a man to fish, he'll eat for a day. If you teach him to fish, he'll eat for the rest of his life. And you have a tremendous, uh, so in addition to giving money, can you, what would you say to younger men that are now facing some of the challenges you had at that age? Can you turn this into a curriculum? Can it be duplicated, your, your, your lessons in life? Um, I think you can absolutely duplicate it? That's a great question. Um, mm-hmm. I really do. 
Um, I, I've, I'm teaching it to my son. You know, my son's only four. He's about to turn four years old, and I can't put him in the situations that I was at, but I can kind of artificially create it. You know, I'm just really tough on him. Um, I don't treat him any differently than I treat anybody else. Um, I can't expose, you know, I, I show him movies and I made him, I make him realize, you know what? Hey, that's fake. You know, it, it might be violent, but, uh, you know, work hard. I tell him from my experiences and I mean, yeah, I think it's definitely duplicatable. It's just on the person if they want to change and if they want to achieve certain things. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Does that right. answer your Adam. question? Thank, Thank you for calling. Thank you for calling in. That answers your question. Okay. What's next for you, Juan? I understand you're publishing your first book, and thank you for answering that question. Absolutely. Yeah, I will be publishing my first book. It will probably come out in um, in May, in mid-May. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be called The Beast You Never Heard Of. So everybody used to call me a beast growing up, you know, um, in sports. I would tell everybody, okay, uh, time to go in beast mode, you know, and, or in business. You know, we would be up late 2 a.m., 3 a.m., two days with no sleep. And I would, you know, I would be super loud inside of, a, inside of a conference room or inside of a living room and, you know, scream and hype up everybody like, all right, let's go beast mode. Let's get stuff done. Okay. Let's go, let's go, let's go, you know. Um, what, what put, a fire you, under, uh, put a fire I'm under sorry. their butt, you know, and get them moving. Um, so that's why the book will be called The Beast You Never Heard Of. And basically the book is going to be about what people think about me. So my publicist, um, he's a really successful entrepreneur as well. And he's only 16 years old. Um, <laughs> and he's a big, you know, international speaker. His name is Caleb Maddox. Um, and he's helping me with the book and he's, calling and interviewing everybody that I told them to interview that was, that played a big part in my life and what they think okay. about me. Um, okay. another thing that's coming out is I, I am doing some work with Mark Zuckerberg. Um, so he's helping me develop some, some a, a really big project, um, that I have in, in the works and hopefully that'll come out it's going to be almost like a new social media platform, but for mentors and entrepreneurs, you know, so everybody uh-huh. can be interconnected at a very personal level. Um, I do have a couple other projects because I am also uh, an investor in a lot of other companies, a couple uh-huh. tech companies and, you know, tech um, startups. Uh-huh. Um, there's a lot of things, you know, I, mean, I got a baby. Girl. I also got a baby girl on the way. So, oh wow! Congratulations! <laughs> Thank you. Congratulations! Awesome, you know. <laughs> that is so wonderful. That too. Well, it, this has been so enlightening. Um, I have so many other questions I, I really want to ask you because it's just so much uh, that you have done in terms of how you know to change your life around. And as young as you are, now you know I met you and. For the listeners out there, he is six foot five, so he's tall and he's big, and of course, you cannot be missed when you walk into <laughs> a room. <laughs> so I, now I'm not sure I would call you the beast you've never heard of, but that's the title you want to give yourself. But actually, 
you're a tall, good-looking, uh, impressive young man, and I, it was my pleasure to have met you. So my co-host mm-hmm. is here today, Mr. Bolden. Do you have any last-minute questions for Juan? Well, I think you, you stole my thunder earlier. Uh, you know, just about <laughs> what, much of what Juan has been sharing today, you know, is unlimited possibilities. And, um, you know, no matter what uh, one has gone through um, personally, you know, in their lives, uh, just as, as a good friend of mine has said, um, you know, when you get knocked down, at least as long as you fell on your back and you're looking up, you can always get up. So I, I just think Juan is the epitome of that. It's just was able to, you know, get knocked down but get back on his feet with drive, with ambition, with determination, um, with focus. Uh, which requires people that are in these types of industries, whether it's sports, um, uh, but, you know, having the laser focus that it takes uh, to not give up, to not give in, and to pursue your dream. And as you said earlier, you know, having a dream and a team and some good hard work, um, sky's the limit. So I really appreciate the show, Juan. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Well, Juan, I want to thank you so much for being on the show today because you have some key treasures that you've shared for uh, many entrepreneurs. Hard work and business scalability was really, really interesting and grit and really just hard work. You kept emphasizing that. And then the other thing was creativity. Uh, so thank you yeah. so much and bless you and may you continue to grow and be fruitful, as they say, and multiply what you're doing with a baby girl on the way. <laughs> yes, so, yes un- <laughs> <super> excited. <laughs> so un- until next week, my listeners will be back with yet another inspiring and transformational journey because we've got a great lineup of guests for you for our future shows this year. Have a very blessed week, and I leave you with this. Health, happiness, and success depends on the fighting spirit of each person. The big thing is not what happens to us in life, but what we do about what happens to us. So thank you all for listening, and I'll see you here same time next week. And thank you, Mr. Hammond Bolden, for being a co-host today. Appreciate you much. We appreciate you joining us for Transformation for Success. Please join your host, Dr. Barbara Young, again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Or join us for our replay every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. Have an outstanding week.